0: Welcome to CFA's podcast on investing in healthcare and biotechnology. I'm Michael Hedstrom, and I'm pleased to have with me Dan Olmsted, President and Chief Executive Officer of Tekla Capital Management. Based in Boston, Tekla is the investment advisor for four closed-end equity funds. Tekla invests in growth equities, both public and private, debt and pooled investment vehicles in the healthcare and life sciences industry. Dan, thanks for being with us today.
1: No problem. Thank you for having us.
0: The biotechnology sector outperformed for five plus years until mid-2015, but has not done so well in recent months. Can you share your perspective on what factors led to this outperformance, as well as the more recent underperformance, and also, what do you see going forward?
1: Uh, Yeah, no problem. Uh, From my perspective, over the last 10 years, we've seen really two important things. Biotechnology come of age, and upwards of 1,000 biotech companies come into existence. You know, these companies have developed and commercialized a large number of innovative and differentiated drugs and medical products, and many of these products have extended the lives of patients or improved their quality of life. So naturally, products that save lives uh, will be used by doctors and patients and, and, more importantly, be reimbursed by payers. So sales of such, these kinds of innovative products, as well as the prospect of follow-on drugs, have really driven the biotech markets over the last five or six years. In fact, from its uh, 2009 lows, the biotech market was up something like 500% through mid-2015, well exceeding that of the broad market. In addition, the success of the sector has spawned and funded the creation of a whole new generation of new public companies that are positioned to generate more and potentially even better follow-on products in the future. So it's been a pretty good period of success Having said that, after a five- or six-year run, valuations in the sector did get a little ahead of the market, at least on a P.E. basis in 2015. In addition, you probably have read the news, we saw drug pricing issues become a topic of conversation in mid-2015. And while we think most companies and CEOs price their drugs responsibly, we also saw a few bad actors push pricing too far and without justification. So that combination of events, in my view, led to a sentiment shift uh, and a political impact, which has resulted in a significant pullback in the healthcare stock market uh, starting in 2015. In fact, this retreat continued uh, into early 2016. At this point, at the end of Q1 2016, we reached what we hope is a base valuation for the group. So after this pullback, depending on how you uh, do the calculations, valuations in the healthcare sector are no longer elevated relative to the broad market. And, and with the pullback, it's our view that investors will ultimately conclude that the sector exhibits, you know, kind of reasonable valuations and a stable of new products that are poised for growth. So in, in our view, if this occurs, this combination of factors, you could see the healthcare sector do very well going forward. And in the next few months, we would still expect volatility given the impact of upcoming election. But we're also optimistic in the intermediate term, especially post-November. Bottom line is we also see a number of events occurring in the coming months that could draw attention to the sector that could be positive for the healthcare sector as well. So I think we're cautiously optimistic going forward.
0: Dan, you have a significant fraction of assets invested in pre-public venture companies. How is investing in this area similar or different From investing in public stocks?
1: Well, we do have a significant number of investments in the pre-public assets. At the most fundamental level, investing in these two groups is pretty similar between venture and public companies. You know, at, at the simplest level, you need to get the company and the management fundamentals right. You also need to get the science development, market opportunity, and commercial details right. So, in that respect, they're pretty similar public and venture investment. Probably the biggest difference, I guess, is time frame. Because of the limited liquidity associated with venture, you really need to think about venture investments as being much longer term. You can't just sell them. You can't just decide, you know, mid-investment that the market has changed or the product or the management isn't quite as good as you thought, and then sell the stock because of its limited liquidity. Rather, you have to stay with a venture investment longer and to probably to attain a fixed exit. This makes you want to be that much more reassured before investing. So the other side of the coin, um, you know, with this limited liquidity is that um, when you choose well, the upside can be considerable. So in our view, if we're diligent and we try very much to be so, the reward is well worth the risk and it is a singular differentiating feature for our funds relative to almost everything out there in the market. And then we couldn't have a call about health care
0: without discussing the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. How does the Affordable Care Act affect the prospect for investing in health care?
1: The AACA, or Affordable Care Act, at some level is very uh, complicated. I think it's 2,500 pages in the act itself. But at its core, it has the intention of increasing the number of people who have health insurance. You know, politics aside, from an investment point of view, that Obamacare is about increasing utilization of medical products and savings for the benefit of society. And its implementation has definitely increased utilization lots. More people are on health care insurance now compared to before the act went into uh, effect, and so therefore, since we see more people spending more money as they get older with insurance now being uh, reimbursed, ACA has been a good thing, I think, for all health investing, not only for, uh, as well as for the, uh, for the population in general <laughs> since they can get their conditions and, and problems dealt with uh, effectively.
0: And Dan, what what are some other factors influencing how you currently invest in healthcare and how has the recent market volatility affected your investment strategy?
1: From our perspective, the healthcare sector is fairly priced and even attractively priced in some specific situations. In addition, the group continues to project it's one of the highest growing groups both in terms of sales and earnings in the overall market. In general, we would call ourselves GARP investors. And so while there are always a million reasons to be concerned about whether an investment is a good idea or a bad one, and some cautionary issues exist today, we are overall optimistic. You know, we, we, we may see another leg going down as we approach the election and some of the political rhetoric that's going on, but at a strategic level, we're cautiously optimistic, you know, the health care... And- group in general and the biotech group in particular is, is growing. It's offering new drug opportunities and the group can be purchased at reasonable valuation. So from that our perspective, that's where we want to be long-term. Okay. And finally,
0: why use a closed-end fund to invest in biotechnology and healthcare?
1: Well, our premise is that healthcare and biotech have solid prospects for growth as a result of the development of really new and interesting and uh, reimbursed products. And in addition to that, most closed-end fund investors are looking for uh, for yield, right? So our funds, the four of them that we have, uh, provide both of these things, health care and yield, in one easy-to-invest structure using either... Equity in two of our funds only, or growth and income strategy in the other two funds. So, moreover, the closed-end fund structures allows us to invest, as we discussed a few moments ago, in both venture and other uh, related restricted assets. And so, the combination of a good sector, a uh, what we think is an attractive yield, and the ability to get in, uh, to access investments in venture that isn't available elsewhere provides really a an opportunity that really can only be put into a closed-end fund structure. And so this uh, provides, allows our funds to be differentiated from almost everything that's available in the market in general and in the closed-end fund space in particular. Thank you, Dan, for
0: being with us today. We appreciate your insight and always enjoy hearing your thoughts on the healthcare market.
1: Well, thanks very much for uh, giving me the opportunity. Appreciate it.
0: And you can find out more about Tecla's closed-end funds on where We also have a link to Tecla's website which is teklacab.com. And this concludes our podcast. Thank you for
1: listening. Have a great day.